0: Now, if you need a little incentive of why to come to the Bethel One Conference, for those of you who have only been around Bethel for a year or so, some of the greatest worship that has ever been on the planet has been here. Do y'all know that Israel Houghton used to be the worship leader of this church? Oh, this is true. Uh, So we have some surprise worship. Israel's not coming. I don't want to... Someone's like, Israel coming, I'm coming. No, you just come for Jesus. But anyway... uh, (laughs) So I want you to come but the worship will be dynamic. We'll have a little bit longer time to just linger in the spirit Maybe get a little touch a little slang a little little run a little little dance a little stoicism, you know, all of it's gonna be there All of it's gonna be there a little bit of everything everything a little for you, too, buddy um, so, uh All right, here it goes I Have to confess something about myself When it comes to traveling out of town. As a man, when you devise a out of town travel plan, the key thing is to stick to it. Though you have your whole family traveling with you, one of the things you will try to get them to do is to agree with the plan. Because what I'm trying to do as a man is beat my time. I've been traveling to this place for a long time and I want to beat my time. In order to beat my time, I figure out how to get rid of all the delays. So I come up with a plan. The plan is everybody go potty before you leave the house. That's number one. That's the beginning point. Don't eat snacks until we're three hours in and close to a restroom stop for you to rest yourself get gas so we can stay on time to arrive at time now it's frustrating when you have laid out the plan everybody agrees to the plan and an hour into the trip somebody in the back says hey, hey uh dad huh, uh what's the next rest stop that's like three hours from now i don't dare to wait we only been going an hour you back there eating snacks and drinking drinks Yeah, but I was hungry. But that seed didn't follow the plan. Now, we're making an unnecessary stop. And I'm unable to achieve my goal. I'm not only not going to beat my time by five minutes, I'm going to be out. And what's happened is I'm upset. But you know when I'm not upset? is when I mess up somebody else's plan up somebody else's plan, I'm usually like, why y'all so uptight? What difference do it make? We still going to get there, ain't we? Now, when I'm driving, don't mess it up. Now, we are a couple of months into the new year, and many of us made plans about how we was going to spend that new year. If statistics be true, 92% of you have not followed through on your plan. I was gonna work out this year. I have worked out recently, twice. That's two days, praise God. But, but when I talk to people about my workout regimen, it's like I've been working out since the beginning. Y'all know i would be working out, it's just been twice. And, and I was in so much pain, I just stopped. My plan went out the window. So whatever I wanted to achieve is unachievable. Because now I have forfeited the work that it takes within the plan to achieve the goal. Because I made it not that important to me. Now it was important to me, I wanted to live healthy, I wanted to eat right, I wanted to do all that stuff. I ate McDonald's two days ago. You know that couldn't be good. Mm hmm. It's a reason my shirt is untucked. I mean, it is. It is. is y'all, have you ever seen me come with an untucked shirt? Do what you got to do, ministries. Plan. <laughs> Don't buy that domain. I named it first. John, I'm watching John. See, so you'll go buy that domain. All right. So, perhaps some of the plans that God has for man, have been under severe attack. Perhaps some of his goals and his ideology, his vision for us, has been thwarted. And even though we are aware of this, we seem to not care. Because it wasn't the plan we had anyway. Though we know it's a good one. Though we know it would achieve an amazing goal. His plan encroaches on our comfort; therefore, we just forego it. Let's look at the results of that in Genesis 6, um, as we talk about what went wrong with us as pertains to God's plan. Let me let me just give you, by way of a quick reading, Genesis 5, 1 through 1 through 5. This is just to contextualize that there was a some type of standard in the beginning altogether this is the book of the generations of Adam when God created man he made them in the likeness of God male and female he created them and he blessed them and named them man and when they, when they were created God had a plan he had a goal he had an identity he had a focus he had, a, he, had a, he had a baseline that man, us, we're not allowed to change or alter, even if we don't like it. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness and his image He named him Seth. Adam was created in the image and likeness of God, and now Seth is created in the image and likeness of man. The problem with that is that now it's a fallen man. It's a broken man who has, who has flawed DNA because man disobeyed God. So there's this willful disobedience on the inside of us when it comes to rejecting the things of God. The days of Adam after his father Seth were 800 years. That's the mercy of God. And he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Adam lived with 930 and he died. The wages of sin is death. See, it was never a situation where you and I were supposed to experience that in that w- in the way we're experiencing death, eternal separation from God. But he died. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and after this to judgment. Now there's an interruption to the divine plan and it's death that we brought into the world. And we have an option whether to reattach ourselves to the divine plan, the divine nature of God or to play out life based on how we feel, what we think, what we want, how we want to experience the car ride of life. Because after all, isn't life about how you feel and what you get and what you want and your preferences and your plan? Perhaps it's impossible to have his and yours at the same time. The enemy I will deal with first will come out. I will have you read seven verses and you're going to see, contextualize that there is an attack on his plan that's clear in the scripture. You're going to see where the attack comes from. Read Genesis 1 verses 1 through 7. Uh, when you read the first verse, that the church didn't, uh, service didn't do well, but I didn't even correct them. It wasn't worth it. Y'all are the congregation that really gets things. So, like you know, power addiction, timing. If you feel like you're off timing with your neighbor... You know, you just find the rhythm, jump in there. Ready? Read. What aborting of God's plan made God himself say forget the whole thing. I've been on those car rides. Just forget it. Let's turn around and go home. Y'all don't want to listen to the instructions. God, in his frustration with man's affording of his plan, say, you know what? Forget the thing. Forget it. You ain't got to do nothing. Let's just start all over what happened Let, let's let's deal with the culprit at the beginning when the daughters of men began to multiply on the earth and the sons of god saw that they were beautiful they began to take them as wives the sons of god here is a reference to angels that are fallen if you want to know that that reference is that's all throughout job and that's all throughout uh a uh, uh, jude these are the people who rejected god's plan or the angels who rejected god's plan a third of them were thrown out of, of heaven and and they tried to 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 muscle god to to intimidate his plan, to stop his plan, this is Satan, the, the same demonic spirit that deceived Eve when God told him to be fruitful, to multiply, to go be one and have sexual intimacy with his wife instead of doing that, he she was at a tree talking and the enemy tricked her and then they fell in sin. How come the enemy always comes to interrupt correct intimacy between man and woman? Right when I should be intimate with my wife, I'm having a demonic conversation that leads to a destruction of my relationship and my family. And now demons coming to infiltrate human spirits because they have allowed it, are coming in to bring sexual perversion to humanity that allows something to be birthed that is not of God. I'm not talking about demigods. I'm talking about peoples whose intention from birth is to be opposite of God's plan. And these men, the scripture said, became men of renown, men of prominence, men of leadership, men who shape the culture. How is it that the people that we celebrate the most in culture are the most sexually perverse, provocative? why is it that people who, who don't keep what is private and don't keep the covenant covenant idea of sex and marriage which is between one natural born man and one natural born woman in, in holy matrimony for a lifetime why is that always something that's being interrupted by the devil and while he tried to get in the relationship of Adam and Eve now he's trying to get into the human spirit so that he can stop Christ from coming because the promise was that for man's sin-sick condition that God was going to send a savior, a messiah that was going to crush the head of the enemy but he was gonna bruise his heel. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to mess up the family line so he can keep you separated from Christ forever. His vehicle is sexual perversion. Now, Nobody in church, forgive me, this is a PG slash 13 message. Now nobody in church want to talk about sex. But school, the devil talking about it. The school teacher's talking about it. I am not, a, I want you to get this straight because I'm about to say some things. I am not an angry Christian trying to solve the problem through my human anger, or frustration. I am trying to bring a truth. The Bible says the truth shall make you free. So, for instance, I'm going to give an illustration of 25 years ago or 27 years ago when I went through a Planned Parenthood training in order to learn what is being said. Because sometimes we as believers jump out in culture and begin to get aggressive before we have comprehended what is really going on so I got in there you know what I discovered a lot of helpful things a lot of good things a lot of sincere people but within that sincerity and the good information was mixed off information what was the off information that they were inserting plans that didn't come from the architect they came from the heart of man And man elevated his heart and his sensibility and his desire to let people do whatever they want away from God's desire to give human beings boundaries. Boundaries means love and a lack of boundaries means lack of love. You are supposed to give your children boundaries because God gave them boundaries. You're supposed to give your children consequences because God gave his children consequences. You're supposed to give your children discipline because God has given us discipline. Discipline is not abuse. It's abuse to tell you you can do whatever you want, be with whoever you want, love however you want. No, there's boundaries on how you love, who you love, the age, the gap between who you love, the genders you should be. All that's laid out. But it's not a weapon in the hand of believers to beat people with. That's where our message is getting lost. It's not good news. So I went to the trainings and I waited to the end to appeal that perhaps we're thinking about it incorrectly. And let me tell you what the good news about Christ has done so we can think about it correctly. Would have done no good to just be argumentative. You just offered the good news about Christ. Yes. Devils are gonna tell you that anything's okay. In Genesis, it didn't take any time. Genesis haven't been going any, any time and we got a man with two wives named Lemic. Sarah, and so you got a man getting two wives and then you got a, 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 a woman named Sarah offering a, another woman to her man. So it's not, I'm just telling you. But never a time does the Bible list that and it goes right. He wants it to be one natural born man with one natural born woman for one lifetime. That's it. That's the way he wanted. It doesn't matter if, but you know I'm in love. No, 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 no. You have allowed yourself to cross an emotional boundary that Christ Jesus has set. You now just repent from the wrong way of thinking and turn to the right way of thinking without thinking God is abusing you because he's telling you to put your emotions in check. You can't, pr- I don't know why I'm going here, I'm just letting it flow. You, if you keep ingesting what social media, social media in and of itself, I know is not wrong, but you know what dominates social media is what is wrong. I'm going to say it again. You don't want to say amen? man. That's right. I will walk off the stage and walk to your seat and <laughs> preach it to you.
1: If you keep looking,
0: let me talk to men for a minute. If you keep looking, I'm not even talking about pornography. I'm saying if you just keep looking at the wrong image of filter, If you keep looking at a filter, when you see reality, you won't desire it. And it's not because reality is not beautiful, it's because you fell in love with a lie. And whatever this world has been producing and presenting to you that is opposite of God's plan and His will is a lie. He wants to produce you a modest woman, not a woman in a bikini. That's not what you should be looking at. I'm sorry to make it that plain. And women, you don't need to be saying, look, at have muscles. His his muscles. 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 His muscles. (laughs) He's so muscular. Uh, I mean, uh, Bryson, I'm sorry. He's my accountability partner. I'm sorry. I, I went off a little bit. I'm going back. Not only that, the Bible says that the heart of man and the corruption of man had become, become so corrupt that every thought that they ever had was bad. It doesn't take the world a long time when it rejects God's plan to just digress into something he'd like to blot out. But let me give you the good news. See, see the enemy is working to give you an evil plan. We have an enemy who wants us to work a different plan from God. It's an evil plan. But look at how God wants you to work. For all the evil that was in those verses, look what verse 8 says. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord.
1: Great is your mercy toward me. Your loving kindness toward me. Your tender mercies I see day after day. Forever faithful toward me, always providing for me, forever faithful to me. For they are new every morning, new every morning.
0: It's difficult for me to look at that verse and not worship. It's difficult because when it said Noah found favor, it wasn't talking about how great Noah was; it's how great God is.
1: For they are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. For they are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness.
0: I don't think I spend enough time thinking about the favor of God. I just took a moment to pause for a second and I just want to end the message and go and worship because he's been that good. In the midst of a broken and a fallen world, the mercy of God is searching for a man that just is inclined <laughs> to him. It not only says that God showed him mercy, that means he didn't deserve it. He didn't, he, 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 he God granted it. This is God unilaterally doing something. This is not a goodness in Him that initiates it. It's God who initiates something. I venture to say that we're focusing on Noah, but God is so positive that He initiates this with humanity. He comes to you with favor, He comes to you with grace. And then it said, I know Noah must have received it because it says He was a righteous man. Noah was righteous in his generation, he was blameless and he walked with God. What do I want? I don't want to think about the plan of the world and walking that out which says, I can do what I want, when I want, how I want, with whoever I want. I want to walk out the plan of God that says, I do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. I'm walking with him. What makes Noah good is that he accepts the goodness of God in exchange. He, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God. He, it's like Noah is, is going uh, back to the original scripture because all of the forefathers would have been alive at the same time. All those generations of Adam and all, all those people existed. They had firsthand knowledge of the promise that the enemy's head would be crushed. They had knowledge of that. Imagine him saying, in the, in the, in the midst of a wicked and a perverse generation, I'll stand. He, he, he had the knowledge that Enoch walked with God and was no more and it's like instead of looking at the pattern of those who who did demonic activity he looked at the the pattern of those who did good activity and he made a choice to obey the voice of God and the patterns of the people of God instead of the patterns in the people of the world I know it might feel like you're the only one fighting for what's good and you want to give up but I'm let you know that God like he told another prophet in the Bible I've got seven thousand people who have bowed their knee to bail and sexual perversion there are people in this world like Noah who still live right walk right, talk right and who want to do the right things stop looking at the people who don't do right and saying that's the sentence of the world this is sin, and that's where the world is going and say there are people who can live it out yes you can mess up, yes you can make mistakes but it was something about the mistakes of Noah that made him come back to living righteous The Bible says a righteous man will fall seven times. The difference is he gets back up again. Noah means rest. He's resting in God and not in himself. How do I know that? Because he's silent for all of the chapters of the Bible that God speaks about him. And when God saw all the corruption in his generation that Noah was able to Be in the midst of, but not live according to. God say, I'm going to destroy the world, but I'm not going to destroy you. Because you're not choosing to reject me, you're choosing to accept me and because you're choosing to accept me versus reject me I'll give you my words to keep walking it out so he told me here's the life you build here's the message you preach he preached 100 years to a wicked and perverse generation he preached to his family and the only ones who responded were 7 other human beings his 3 sons Ham Jim yes yes and their wives the family is so important that God found one man who had a title of blameless and righteous and he walked with God and he got his whole family in line with that and he pointed them to the solution it's obeying because you have a choice and I have a choice obey this plan Obey these boundaries in the midst of sexual perversion. Obey the boundaries. Yes, you might have to fight your flesh. Yes, you may have to make a covenant with your eyes. I'm not gonna look anymore. Yes, you may have to beat your body and make it your slave. So after you preach to others, you yourself won't be a castaway. You might have to do a whole lot of stuff to possess your vessel into sanctification and honor, but you do it. You do it, and when you do it, God makes a way. Well, let me say it like this. He makes a way for you to stay on board with him. He made the way. He didn't tell Noah, now I want you to build this ark in the middle of a desert place where all your friends laughing at you. He didn't say, now go collect all the animals. Seven pairs of unclean, I mean of clean and and, and two pairs of, of unclean. No, the Bible says he called them to him. What is this Bible trying to tell you? God doing all the work. He doing all the work. Noah didn't know how to build something that had never been built before. He said all he told him is keep him alive Noah Noah did it. 371 days of the earth being flooded the entire earth and everything dying except what's in the, in, in, in the ark because God used that tool to save. He knows how to preserve you when corruption comes. He knows how to preserve you when judgment comes. That's why I stop being afraid. Everybody afraid of revelation and am I in the tribulation? He, the Bible is teaching you a principle. He knows how to preserve you. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in God. There is no reason for anxiety. They get in the ark. But the scriptures say he comes out. Watch this because I'm out of time.
1: Watch this. Verse 20,
0: eight, Genesis 8:20. 8, but Noah came out of this, this ark, and the scripture says, "And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal." and some of every clean bird, and offered as a burnt offering on on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For For intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike every living creature as I have done, While the earth remains, there'll be sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, night and day shall not cease. He goes on to say he'd make a covenant. He would put a bow in the sky to remind man every time it rains, I keep my covenant. The rainbow that has been hijacked by perversion was not a tool that says, And anything goes, we accept all things. We accept what you are and how you are and whatever you want to do. The bowl was to say, even when you start doing anything and everything, I ain't going to kill you. I'll always make an ark. I'll always make a way. I'll never destroy the world like this again. I'll never put you in that position. I'm reaffirming my covenant that I'm going to send a Messiah. I'm going to send a Savior. I'm going to send an ark. I'm going to send a solution. I'm going to send something for you to be saved. What is he trying to do? God, hear me for just a second because I'm at the end now. More could be said, but I want to minister to you. The God we serve is not our enemy you know how it is when you're telling your child that they can't have another piece of candy or, or they need to have some boundaries. You, you want them to have everything. But you have to give them restrictions to preserve their life. The restrictions that God gives us are to preserve our life. What if we stop rejecting His plan? What if we stop rejecting His idea of family and marriage, and sex. What if we fully embraced it? It yields blessing. The first thing when they got off the boat, you know what he told them? He reaffirmed the first purpose of man, be fruitful. That's have sex with one man, natural born man, one natural born woman for one lifetime. In covenant. Multiply, fill the earth to do it. The first thing he said is, "Get that right." What if this world rejected the perverse plan you've been offered? I don't care if it's offered in your health class. I don't care if it's being offered to your children. If it's offered on social media, reject it when you see it. When you see adultery in a movie, you know how it is. You go, "Oh yeah, yeah," and then they're, there. "How are you cheering for the adulteress?" Just reject it. I'm not telling you to stop watching our movie. I'm just telling you, you got to have something that says that's not right because that's not his plan. And I pray that, that somebody will see that and have a conviction. Stand to your feet. Ministry team, come down.
1: Your loving kindness For me your tender mercies I see day after day forever worship.
0: What if that merciful part of God, that grace-filled part of God, that full of favor part of God was the part that we offered for a sin-sick condition? Let's go out of here before before I minister to you. Let's go out of here with a commitment. We're not going to minister bad news to people anymore. You know, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Let's just minister. He's good. He's good. He's good. good he's good he's good yes I messed up yes you may have messed up but he's good and all the time God is good and his love and his favor endures to all generations that's a powerful message it will change the world let's not be judgmental anymore let's be full of the love of God Telling the truth is love, but tell it in a grace-filled way, not like a club, like a master surgeon. He wants to touch you. I'm gonna just—we just—we're ahead of time. I actually, ended church well on time, so we're gonna take two minutes. I don't know what type of worship you need to give to God, but for me. I'm ending, and Pastor Bryson, you can come up. I'm just going to end worshiping. The reason I'm going to worship is because you can't preach a message like this, and I hope you know I don't preach it in self-righteousness. I'm so desperate for Jesus. When I'm preaching to you, I'm thinking about my sin nature that God defeats for me. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about your I'm thinking about me. And maybe you want to kneel before him. Maybe I don't know what you need from the Lord. But I just, as we just gonna worship for a couple minutes.